I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn, what was the top story for you? Well, I am battling uh, today. Uh, I think I want to talk about the everything bubble. Okay. All right, Stu. Uh, we have a, we, we all know the Democrats being in control of the House. They're at least going to talk seriously about impeachment. Mm-hmm. We have a, an interesting guideline about what is an impeachable offense, and it comes from a pretty interesting source. Oh. <laughs> all right. Can't wait. Jason. The linchpin for chaos is already being pulled in places like Europe. And then we saw hints of something like that pulling here in the United States as well. Uh, another development that happened today. Let's talk about that. All right. Obviously, a lot to get into. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Riduzone. Guys, I just... I. I want to tell you something. It's going to be very shocking. Oh, no. But I just want you to stay seated. Oh, I'm glad that you're seated. I had a gingerbread cookie today. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. I, thank you. Oh, oh, you didn't even tell her. I forgot to mention this. She, I, I forced her to eat a chili cheese tater tot. I had one just the chili other day. cheese tater tot. But, but you ate it. It was so good. <laughs> she was in the bathroom throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you heard me. Yeah, no. I mean, are you? do you just not like that stuff? I love you, that stuff. I love it. Gosh, you got to. I fantasize like, about it all the time. You're afraid to go down those roads. Though, yes. Because once you start going down the roads, they're downhill. Yes. I know this for a fact. Yes, uh, and you, but you know uh, what? They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Ridizone was my that was my my saving grace that I was like, I took my Ridizone today, so okay, I'll have a cookie and it'll be fine, and I just I won't think about it later. It's, it's all about that not spiraling. Like the road of perdition, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's about not spiraling out of control, though, right? right. That's what Ridizone helps with. It's like you know you, you you can have one thing, you know, maybe you're at a Christmas party, you have a drink or you have a cookie, but like you don't overdo it, and yeah. that's, that's makes. A big I noticed that I finished the entire thing of chili cheese tater tots, and you just kind of stopped with that one. It's like, how did you do that? Yeah, that's possible. That's apparently, the it, it is possible. I, I'm here to don't tell you it. it is possible, and Ridizone zone helps with that boost your metabolism and helps you feel full so you're not craving things like chili cheese tater tots and gingerbread cookies <laughs> and all the good stuff that comes with the holidays you can go to riddyzone.com right now and get a three pack that's a three-month supply 30 percent off that's a dollar 39 a day that's nothing that's peanuts uh, if you want to invest in your health use promo code the blaze that's r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e.com promo code the blaze go get you 30 percent off all right glenn top story the Internet of Things and the trade war. Um, let's start with the, not the Internet of Things, the, uh, the everything bubble. Back in 2006, I did an episode on CNN, um, and I called it the money bubble. And I said, we are going to head for a housing bubble. And when that thing pops, it's going to be devastating. And what they're going to do is they're going to bail everything out and start printing money. And that will lead to the last bubble of all bubbles, and I called it the money bubble. It's now officially been named the everything bubble, okay? Um, But it's here, and it's going to pop. And we talked about it on the air today, because I haven't figured out exactly how to take and tie all of these eight things together, these eight topics together for next year. But they all work as one, and they're all starting to coalesce. And um, when you look at our debt, our debt is out of control, and we're in good times. When you look at the debt and the uh, state of the economy here, it's pretty bad. When you look at it outside of the United States, it's devastating. We're talking on the air today, and Stu had not heard the fact, uh, and I don't think most people have heard this fact. 
We're the only ones that recovered from 2008. Over in Europe, and especially China, they never recovered. They hit that 2008 bubble. It popped. We lost 50% in the stock market. Took us a couple of years, maybe four years, but we made it back. If you would have left your money in, you would see a 400% increase from 2008. Okay? To put this into perspective of how the rest of the world is still struggling from 2008... If you had money in the stock market and it blew and you had money in the Chinese stock market, you lost 70%, not 50, you lost 70%. And in the time between then and now, you've only regained 20% of that. Okay? So that when it bursts around the world, it's bursting from almost the level of 2008. Imagine if we had never recovered how bad things would be. We kind of recovered. It was all bull crap, but we recovered. So you look at that and you see what's happening. And then you look at the tension of this trade war. And I just finished a show where um, I bet you, and I'd love to hear your opinion, I'll bet you 90% of the audience, maybe 95, have never heard the facts that I just laid out on that show. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you look at what's happening with the trade war, And I'm not sure the president is fully aware of this. I think his advisors are. And it explains why his advisors are saying, who are all against trade trade, uh, barriers, are all saying, yes, China, do it. China right now is about to burst. That's why they're putting their people in a cage, as we talked about yesterday. But also, they are going for the 5G network, which we have I think talked about on this show before. Um, it, it is a race to the 5G network, just like a race to AI between us and China. If China gets it first, they are already starting to lay the plans and lay all of the deals down to be able to have all of the information from, uh, from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, going all the way across China, Russia, Middle East, Europe, all the way to Great Britain. That means they'll control all information on half of the world, 60% of the world's population. That's what we're really trying to stop, because they have not only that, but an initiative of 2025, China 2025. That's the year the 5G network is supposed to be complete. But it is also the year that they say they will be able to unplug from the world and they will provide all things for the rest of the world. We're in a war and they're playing for keeps and nobody's even explaining it here to America. And you've got six total years of the world remaining the way it is. If we last that long, the world being the way we understand it now. Borders are going to change. Money's going to change. Business is going to change. Communications are going to change in the next six years. And if I may, just leave you with this. If you have money in the stock market and you're my age, I'd get it the hell out of the stock market because I don't see this returning quickly. I was just looking at uh, spending just because this just irks me how we've, you know, Republicans control all, you know, you know, portions of the government and our spending still hasn't been cut down. And I looked at a chart that showed every time uh, our spending hit hit 4% or greater of GDP, when those parts in history happen, 
Um, one of the wives went back. It looked like it started around FDR era. Yeah. FDR, New Deal, hey, that makes sense that they would spend so much money. They're trying to do a lot of things. They're right. trying to recover from an economic crash. Mm -hmm. um, World War II <clears throat> was the next one. World War II was the next one. Yep. The financial crash, uh, the Cold War, height of the Cold War 1980s. was another one. And then the last one was 2008. This is insane. So it's a financial crisis or war, but we're spending on the same levels as we're over 4% right now in, in spending. Financial crashes and war. So why are we spending as if it's a crisis? When the crisis, <laughs> when the crisis hits, I I believe when the crisis hits, if we're not together, we are going to be a socialist and a brave new world community of nations in the West, and the um, the Axis powers will be run by Russia and China, and they will control much of the West, much of Europe. Um, the rogue nations maybe maybe are in the Middle East, and then it's us. I just have to say really quickly, I just really love um, the optimism that you always bring to the show. It just, I leave and you know, I just I can, feel I can so just, good about what's going on in the world. I can just once a week, but <laughs> if you're asking me what really matters, it's that. Yeah. Because no one is talking about it. Yeah, go ahead. And, and kind of to, off the point of what you were making about um, China and the way that they never really recovered, if you think about us in sort of the same sort of picture, our, our our stock market has recovered. Our economy has recovered in an impressive way since then. Um, but our deficits haven't. We're in a good economy right now. And our, uh, we're hitting 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 or more trillion dollars a year uh, in deficits. These are the deficits that Barack Obama was, was hitting at the peak of the financial crisis. We're hitting them now with nothing else going on. And this is full, you know, almost full employment. Almost full employment. And part of the reason is, um, you know, uh, we have a president and now a party. I mean, the Republican Party is completely one with Donald Trump at this point, I think. I mean, there's, there's a certain individual exceptions. But generally speaking, he's a populist president that has not one smidgen of libertarianism in him. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no cutting. Like, it, it, there's the tax cuts. We get that. But as far as the spending cuts, it, not only is, is he not succeeding in them as Republicans have failed over and over and over again to actually he's succeed. Not he's not even that. trying. He's running on the opposite. He's <laughs> saying, I will not touch so, your Medicare. I will not touch your Medicaid. I, remember, Paul Ryan is all these big budgets about how we're going to cut all these programs and we have to because it's the only rational thing to do and they never get it done. This is now, we are now on the other side of this where we're combining tax cuts with a guy who's promising to keep every dime, who's promising to raise military budgets, who's promising to, uh, to spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure, who's promising and promising to keep um, pre-existing -con uh, conditions in healthcare. He's promising all of those spending programs. And he'll promise more if we go down. And, and, and it'll get worse. I, I think that those deficits are going to so, become a big problem. We've never come back to, to sanity uh, after that, and, and it's, it seems to be only getting worse. Have you guys, did you guys see the news last night? There were two stories. One, the United States, according to the Pentagon, cannot compete against the hyperweapons of Russia and China. First of all, I don't believe those hyperweapons. I'll believe yeah. them when I see it. I think that is Star Wars. That's their version of Star Wars for us. The second story that came out is that China and Russia, you know, they had that big exercise um, just out of sight of Poland, um, biggest ever, and Ch only one that China has gone into. They also tested a new sort of weapon in the ionosphere um, back in the summer, and they are, and I barely understood it. I have to talk to one of my tech friends to see if he can explain it to me. But they're electrifying the atmosphere, which blocked out uh, everything underneath it, the size of, I think it was half the size of Great Britain, 
Um, mm. And we don't even know what it is that they're doing, but they're doing something like that, and they're doing it together. What I fear is, is that we are being coaxed into a global war without anybody really talking about it, and somebody is going to say, we have to have a hyper weapon, we have to compete against what they're doing, and quite honestly, I think that's the worst thing that we could do right now, but I feel it coming. Yeah, I don't, a lot of times those claims are just total bull. Like they, Russia and before them, the Soviet Union have always claimed to have these like crazy new They're weapons. In it together. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it was funny. It reminds me of that the robot that they said was the most advanced robot with artificial <laughs> intelligence ever. And it was just leagues ahead of the West. And it turned out to be a guy in a robot suit. In a, re- a very poorly designed <laughs> yes, robot suit yeah. because you could very clearly see the back of his neck. So uh, really quickly before we take a break, I do wonder why do you think that the United States was able to overcome? Uh, before, whereas China did not. Uh, a, you had, um, wait, overcome like in World War II? No, no, no 2008. Yeah, 2008. Oh, because, well, oh, because we were paying our financial institutions. We bailed out with U.S. dollars those financial institutions. Those financial institutions did the smart thing. They invested it in the stock market, knowing that it would go up 400%. I mean, at the time, if you could have given me dollars and I was in American Express, and I knew the health of American Express, and I knew the game the government was playing, I think American Express got down to, what, $26 or $6 a share? Some crazy number, okay? All these big banks. If you would have then said, here is $100 million, and I just put some of it into that. Yeah. How much money um, did you make? I'm going to go back to it. We should, next time we have Jonah Goldberg on, we have to ask him about this. I remember during the crisis, in the middle of the crisis, he was talking about this. And for some reason, he was talking about Citibank. And it was, they were talking about it maybe going under. It was a like super low price stock. And he said, and he put, he's put money in it, into it. And his rationale was, there's no way this government is going to let Citibank fall. Yes. And God, how much? I don't know wow. if he kept it in there or not. I remember him saying it. I don't know how much money he put into mm-hmm. it. Um, he probably sold it a long time ago, but that would be fascinating to see what it could have been. They cause... used our money. They rigged the system. They made their money back. They sold all their junk to the Fed. The Fed's just written it off. We paid the price where the rest of the world didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. All right. Uh, talking Trump impeachment when we come back. Yeah, when you control the system, it's pretty easy to uh, make all the a lot more to get into, but first want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, sadly, all of us have reached the age at the table where well, things hurt. Now, wait a minute. A certain now, age. some of us, because of I have a bad war, in- a bad war injury. From Nam? Uh, from Nam. You got it from Nam? Yeah, I got okay. it from Nam. It was, uh, well, I don't want to even talk about it. I'm going to let I'll let Jason talk about his war injuries. He goes on and on and on about this. Uh, But uh, I started taking, it's my one-year anniversary. I started taking uh, Regizone, I think this week. Relief Factor. I'm sorry, yeah, Relief Factor. uh, This week, um, a year ago, and I did it out of desperation because I just couldn't couldn't live this way anymore. And uh, I couldn't live with the pain. And my wife said, okay, all right, before you quit your job and do everything else, because I'm not having you in the house uh, you got to try this. And so I did. Three weeks later, I ordered more, and I ordered every month because it works. Yeah. You make it pretty easy, too, right? Like, it comes in the little fancy packets. Yeah, it takes yes. three times a day. You can yeah. kind of just bring it. Yeah, that's great. Yep, yeah, you have the packets. Uh, very easy to just grab them and go. And they 
give you a three-week quick start pack. It's 20 bucks, 19.95. Um, try it for you. See if it works. Like 70% of the people who order that quick start pack go on to keep ordering more. It's worked for Glenn. It works for myself. Uh, it's the likelihood that it's going to work for you is pretty high. It's worth trying. Go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. But uh, get out of pain. Yeah, even with my injuries from the big one, you know, WW2. Oh, yeah, that's I true. Was, uh, I'm still out of pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, still. The, the WW1. Okay, I got out. Scott Free, WW1. The impeachment of Trump. Yes, so uh, we all know uh, the uh, House is going to be taken over by Democrats. Oh, I can't um, wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I can't wait. Lots of wait. investigations coming your way. Um, there is a debate, I, I think legitimate debate on the Democratic side, whether they're going to attempt to, to impeach Trump. Now, we all know that they're going to impeach him. If they want to impeach him because they think it's good politically, they will do it. If they don't, they won't. It will have nothing to do with whether the claims are valid or not. Yeah. But I think we all are aware of this, and we know how these games are played. Um, but we did kind of get a, a baseline of what we're, what to expect here and, and what would be a legitimate impeachment. Uh, and this comes from a very important source, uh, Jerry Nadler. Um, and now, he is going to be the guy, like, basically in charge of this um, if it actually does happen. He was... Um, well, he was on a train yeah. um, between New York and Washington, mm -hmm. and uh, unlike any everybody in the media or in in politics knows, if you're on an Amtrak train between those two cities, you don't say anything out loud because there's always somebody listening. There's always somebody on the train. Well, there was a conservative uh, reporter on the train near them and heard him talking about how trying to convince people that they were going to go for impeachment and it was important for us to go to impeachment. He told something pretty similar to Jake Tapper about these campaign finance uh, violations, that they were impeachable offenses. Um, ben Weingarten, a friend of ours, uh, 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 fresh off a 0.1 point fantasy football playoff loss last night in crushing fashion, uh, released a, a story and went back and looked at Nadler's words from back in the day uh, during the Clinton impeachment hearings. And so he, there's a couple of great clips here, and these are really amazing when you see he is essentially making the exact argument Trump will be making uh, if they try to impeach Trump. He is at, Well, because they, what they would impeach him on is doing something to cover up something that would be embarrassing for him and possibly very detrimental to his relationship with his wife right. because it was a sex, sex scandal or scandal whatever. And it was not a crime. Now, of course, that was the same case with Clinton, the same case with Trump, right? So here is Jerry Nadler talking about the Clinton administration, but also uh, what the Constitution really wants you to do when it comes to impeachment. Watch. Impeachment is reserved under the Constitution only for abuses of presidential power that undermine the structure or functioning of government or of constitutional liberty. Now, I don't know if that, does that apply no, to apply. Donald Trump's no. Uh, no. sex thing? I don't think it does. Next up, what about, uh, you know, uh, something where you're lying about sex, a private matter, as you pointed out. Listen to Jerry's opinion on that one. Perjury on a private matter, perjury regarding sex is not a great and dangerous offense against the nation. Oh. It is not an abuse of uniquely presidential power. Oh. It does not threaten our form of government. It is not an impeachable offense. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, he's pretty clear on that yeah. one. Uh, and finally, he goes into what would the cost to our country be if some party were to use an event like this to go after a president for impeachment? Watch. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties and opposed by the other. We have no right to overturn the considered judgment of the American people. All right. Huh. Mm. Now that gives mm. him an out. Does it? Oh, of course it does. Mm -hmm. 
How? The popular vote. Yes. He that will was, clearly uh, say it wasn't the popular vote. Oh, that's one out of 20 points he made. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, that, I know. Saying that one, I mean, he basically has matter. eliminated all impeachment for the end of time because it, he said <laughs> one party uh, supports it, one party opposes it. I mean, do you think we're ever going to have a different situation than that on an impeachment? I, I, don't um, know that I do. Yes, if the president's approval rating goes down to, into the yeah. 20s because of the economy. And our, our stories really um, build off of each other then because if, this, if there is an economic collapse, and we get a 2008 situation. Remember, George Bush hit 26% um, uh, during that period. If this happens with Donald Trump, he will likely be in that same vicinity, and they, they will... No. This actually goes to my point earlier that we will go socialist, because why did George Bush... You just watched this Vice uh, documentary on yeah, the crash. Uh, yeah. Why did George Bush bail everything out? Uh, why did he bail everything out? Well, he was convinced that it was he didn't he was he didn't want to be he didn't want to be Hoover. He wanted to be Roosevelt. He didn't want to be Hoover. He didn't mm-hmm. want to be the guy who was remembered as not doing anything. Yep. Do you think Donald Trump will want to be Hoover? Oh no, or I mean, yeah, he will want to be Roosevelt times fifty. Exactly. Sure. exactly. He will. I mean, he'll step. He will. And, he'll, and again, better for worse. I think it will be pop. These will be popular choices at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, he will come out and 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 he will. If this if this happens though. His approval rating gets that low. There, there is a chance because I mean, look, yes. the Repu- there's a very, there's a, there's a weird relationship between the the average Republican in Congress and Donald Trump, right? Like they, I think they fear him. They fear his wrath, um, and they are, they see that he connects with their base, so they are constantly supporting him. But if that starts to deteriorate, you will see some of these guys who have no, you know, backbone. They're not Trump guys. They're just there. Some of them will flip and go the other way if if it gets bad enough. But that's a that's a long way away. Uh, talking about uh, the economy and the bubble and 2020, um, do you guys think? Do you think that Joe Biden's going to run? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. I think yeah. it, I, I, stupid. He yeah. keeps I toying think, around, but not really coming out and saying. I think uh, the beta thing is 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 not going to happen. I mean, have you seen how they're torturing him? But they're just they're just saying, oh, oh there's not a lot there. There's no real plans. Oh yeah, he's. He, I mean, I think he. I mean, Beto. I think is in the picture. He finished second or third in a recent poll. Uh, yeah. But he's Joe Biden back, is Joe, way yeah. up on everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's his to lose. I mean, if he if he runs a good campaign, he can win. I still think Kamala Harris is is uh, might come out of that field. Um, I saw I saw a, a headline that she was, of course, the number one uh, contender in a poll done only by women of color. I did see that by a lot. Yes, by a very large margin, which is kind of. I mean, concerning to me because that just shows identity politics would be working with that subset of uh, it does work citizens. With, especially it works with everybody. I think it's in. I mean, unless you're thinking about it, right? You have to be aware of it for it not to work on you. But I mean, I think Democratic voters, it's like the only thing they talk about really at this yeah. point. But in a way, we don't talk about it. But you wave that flag, and we line up. It's, yeah, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's different. Yeah, it's not identity but it, politics, but it's, uh, it's, it's I, yeah, it's identity with the country. It's. Yeah. It's it's actually good news. I think that Joe is so that little lunchbox is so ahead. I think middle like, class Joe, middle class Joe, uncle, creepy uncle Joe, right? The insert nickname. I, but it, it means that you know the people like Kamala's, uh, the Kamala Harris or Bernie Sanders, like they're like maybe, maybe the left is not going so hardcore, you know, to the extreme. I think maybe they think themselves they did this with Hillary. They did Joe Biden already with Hillary. Because would, you, she, would you consider uh, Glenn uh, Joe being a, basically a Macron? Being the, yes. the empty suit that yes. will not do but a thing. No, I would not consider him Hillary. No. All right, got to take a break. Back in a minute. I think Biden has more of a chance than people recognize him. Oh, I think so too. Biden Beto ticket. Well, that would be very good.
If you have not yet checked it out, you have got to go to Blaze TV, blazetv.com. Uh, remember, we merged with CRTV, and we've got the biggest conservative names all under one roof. Great. Really exciting. Plus you got to go check it out. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, use use the, the promo code News Christmas. Get $20 off of a year-long subscription. Eric Bowling's on tomorrow, isn't he? On uh, radio? He is, yeah. It's going to be a fascinating hour with Eric Bowling, who's also on the Blaze TV. He is, along yeah. with Mark Levin, Stephen Crowder. Everybody. All the big names. you got to check it out. I mean, I don't mean to brag, but we're pretty awesome. <laughs> we'll see you in overtime. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Jason, uh, let's talk about the looming government shutdown, border wall, all that fun stuff. I know. I, I, like This is like right up Boss's alley, and like there's an empty wow. seat right there now. Can you believe that? Glenn leaves uh, chaos talk. <laughs> I know. Something will chaos. Can we check on him? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is he okay? Wellness check. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so chaos is starting to hit Europe. Um, we talked about that over the past few weeks. Um, and a big, por- a big reason for that is because the leaders that they have elected are not delivering on promises. And, um, you know, it's, you're seeing that pop up all over the place, whether it's like, we will protect you over immigration, um, you know, we hear you, you know, as far as like taxes, the economy, whatever the promise is, they're, they're reneging on all that. And now the people are like saying, okay, screw that. And they're starting to rise up. Well, you see some of the same parallels here. And um, I always thought, and we were talking, Sarah, about this this morning, that, you know, there's a few things that if, you know, the the President Trump base didn't come through, uh, you know, di- didn't feel, you know, like they have been listened to on, that they would, you know, start to, you know, eventually, you know, rise up or rebel against this president, against Trumpism in general. Um, immigration right off the top. Like, if, Im- if the immigration crisis wouldn't have happened, I don't think that he would have even been elected president. It was such a huge deal. Um, Supreme Court, I, I, you know, I, th- I think is another one that people feel like really, really had to vote. Obamacare, getting rid of Obamacare. That like, worked well. Those things, uh, yeah. That, so we're already kind of like, so that one's a strike. The uh, the Supreme Court did Supreme work Court. out, I Ish. think, well. I think Ish. mixed so yeah. far. I mean, I like Gorsuch a lot. Yeah. Kavanaugh, I'm not quite as sure about, but. Status quo. Same thing we got. You know what I mean? They yeah. maintain status quo. Well, but he didn't promise to maintain status quo. Yeah. Yeah, but he I mean, said he would elect conservative or nominate conservative ones. But yes, okay, point um, taken. And so, and, and, but the uh, the border wall immigration, another big thing. So we saw what last week that he was actually. I mean, he he was he fired his base up. He was like, yeah, he was standing up to Pelosi and Schumer. He was like, you know, I'm you know I'm owning the government shutdown. I'm going to shut this down. We got to get this border wall done. It was a good moment um, for Trump. Yeah, it was. I you know I thought, um, and I. Totally didn't care if he was going to shut the government down. Yeah. I mean, the government, it was going to be a partial shutdown. Those things don't really last too much longer anyway. The government had already, I mean, every government employee had already gotten paid. They didn't even, weren't even due for another paycheck for over a week later. So You're there's not talking re- about the people who were going to die in the streets over the government shutdown. Of course, they were going to have your, your typical people dying in the streets. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that just happens. Just mass chaos. Yeah. In, insert yeah. issue. You don't have parks you know. and everyone's going to die. That's what happens. <laughs> Obviously. Continue. Um, uh, so, um, so I was not worried about that at all. So I was like, yeah, do it, get it done. Um, if you don't get that done, you're probably going to lose a lot of a lot of people. Well, today, today. The White House has already said, Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out and said that um, they are already kind of backing down off that. They don't want to see the border shut down. I mean, the, uh, the government shut down, they want to see the border shut down. Um, I think that was a direct quote. 
and uh, that they were. She said the border shut down. Yeah. We don't want to see the government shut down. We want to see the border shut down. She and I, is she a spokesperson? <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, and then, and 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 said, well, we'll get the money uh, from other places. Right? Does anyone believe that? Because if you could get it from anywhere else, they would have done it by now. Oh, I, it I mean, little... it's not a good look for sure. No, it's not a good look to say, to say I'm going to own this. Look, this is not I'll shut the government down. Okay, well, we had this money in other places, and we just haven't used it until now. This is not going to get done. No. Seriously, like, why, why, you, the, the, you saw your opponents back in, what, uh, what, just a few months ago, they were willing for something they really believed in, DACA. They were willing to shut the, shut the, uh, shut the government down to get that done. They were willing to do that. Literally, this took, what, seven days, and you're already backing down off that promise. This is probably, like, your last, probably real shot at doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it's not going to happen. No. Um, you, know, no, no, he, no. you know, already McConnell was going to them and saying, uh, well, instead of the five or $25 billion we need for the wall, what if you give us one? <laughs> and you know what the Democrats said? No. no. Drop dead is what they said. No. Really from one? They went for one billion. They already approved, what was that, 2013 mm-hmm. when Obama was president? They actually, they, all, all of them agreed. All the ones saying no, they all agreed for what? It was 1.6 billion well, or something like that? I mean, again, some for of fencing this, and, yeah, there's, you know, there's different parts of this, right? Like there's the fencing part of it. Um, there's repairing the existing fencing, which they've been doing in, past, in legislation passed before Trump was president. And that, that process has been going on. Um, so that's, you know, a little bit part of it. It's obviously not what he talked about in the campaign. We all know that that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, again, Mexico was going to yeah, pay Mexico's for the wall. Mexico was going to pay for it. I mean, we no one really Wait, No, if you believed that Mexico was I mean, going to pay for the wall, you're a sucker. I will say this. Uh, I said that many times on the air during the campaign. Um, and we had lots and lots of people who called and said, yes, they, yes, they are. 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 I mean, like, you look at, uh, um, you know, you look at uh, the, the situation with the wall in general. A lot of people believe that. There was a story in, um, I want to say it was the Washington Post. might have been the New York Times. An op-ed written by a Trump voter. And she said, you know, look, I, I voted for Trump and I thought I never thought he was going to do the Mexican paying for it. I never thought he was going to build this wall. But now he's starting to move in these directions that are tight on the border and it's ruining my butterfly um, uh, 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 sanctuary that I work at. Uh, she like works in a butterfly sanctuary, and he's ki- apparently killing butterflies. Trump is killing butterflies, people. There will be butterflies the dead in the streets. I, okay, <laughs> CNN needs to get a hold of that woman because can you imagine the headlines? Oh yeah, well I mean they, I mean it was a big deal. The only real shot they had at that promise coming through with Mexico paying for the wall was when he renegotiated the trade deal mm-hmm. with we uh, re- renegotiated NAFTA. That was, um, which is uh, called the USMC, which is also the best acronym in the world. So I fully, I love the trade it's deal USMCA, because of the acronym. Actually. Yeah, USMC. Yeah, Good job. but just we don't, need, USMC, we don't need USMCA. We don't need the A. Uh, just leave that part off. Yeah, I mean, USMC. if there was, I mean, look, that th- that trade deal was essentially what we had with some modernizations, which wasn't a bad thing. I mean, I don't think we got hurt in it, um, but it wasn't something I think we needed to blow the world up over. Um, you know, that being said, I think you know if you look at uh, coming into this, it, look. Donald Trump is not alone in not being able to build the wall. I mean, no one else. No one else has been able to do it either. He's not the only one to fail doing it. Um, no one's been able to do it. Um, it was why it was. It wasn't because of Donald Trump that I was confident enough to say that I would eat my underwear if they built 90% of this wall. It's because it's, no one's been able to do it, and it's not going to get done. I think we all are wildly aware of that. The only chance he had of any of it being done, which is still nowhere close to 90%, but was was to give up something like DACA. Yes. There was a deal at that time uh, for was it five to twenty? It was five to 25 billion, depending on how you're. They were going to split that up under various um, uh, priorities, um, but they were going to they were going to get DACA permanently, and we were going to give them that. Now, I absolutely don't take that deal because that is a you know that is 
That's, you know, it's something that was completely unconstitutional. You're rewarding an unconstitutional program. The thing should be stopped and stamped out of existence. And if you want to pass a law that does those things, then pass a freaking law. Right. You can't just codify a, uh, a, a, you know, a presidential directive that is blatantly unconstitutional for a few billion dollars. Um, and so I'm glad they didn't take that deal, but that was really his chance to do it. Because now that the Democrats are taking control of the House, there's no chance it's going to happen, at least until his second term. And honestly, if we get to a second term and he actually wins, uh, which obviously he's, you know, would be as an incumbent the favorite at this point. But if he does win and gets control of both of those, it's going to be very difficult to do. If he does that, I still don't think they're going to no. get this wall built. It's not a realistic thing. It's not going to happen. It should be, and it will be effective if it does get done. It will control immigration in large in, in large portions. Um, you know, you know, there's large parts that aren't affected by a wall. You know, what is it, 30 or 40 percent of illegal immigrants here today came. Uh, overstaying visas and, and tourism and all sorts of other things that have nothing to do with the wall, but it would help. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I got to bring it up again. The farm bill. We oh. could, we just passed a 900 trillion dollar bill. 900 billion. 900 trillion would be really. I mean, 900 billion. Uh, <laughs> That was a 900 trillion dollar bill. That was my doctor. Crazy. 900 trillion dollars. Uh, 900 billion dollar bill. Um, and we can't get this wall built. I know. And a, bar, a farm bill, 900 bills that we don't even need to spend. I know. And this Leave is why I, I initially came up with the, the, the hashtag farm bill to get in. <laughs> Dang it, another one you beat me to. I told you. I tried. It flows off the tongue so naturally. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, good old Focahontas, ah, just yes. unveiled a, uh, a new proposal. Still. Yes. Now, she's, of course, going to be running for president. She yes. has no chance of winning. No. Um, now, I always say no. I shouldn't say no chance. I should always stop myself when I say that, and I'm stopping myself here. Because yeah, anything about, can apparently happen. But what about her Native, um, Native American heritage? Uh, it's very strong. It's 1 1,024th. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could, so she's already, I think, blown it with, the, with that. I mean, it's not completely impossible. She has, she's known in those circles. She is respected in far, far left circles. Um, she's a terrible candidate, though. She's very Hillary Clinton. That bar is pretty low. Yeah, I know. But she's very Hillary Clinton. She's not, she's not a good communicator. She doesn't know how to deal with these moments when things get tough. She's not good at it. And so this is her trying to uh, set the stage for where she's going in this campaign. And she's introduced a new bill um, uh, that would, uh, here's the quote, would, uh, the bill would effectively create a government-run pharmaceutical manufacturer to mass-produce generic drugs. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is an interesting thing because one of the things when you say Elizabeth Warren or someone like that is a socialist, they come back to you with these sort of um, say, well, that's not, they're not, it's not a socialism. Yes, they like bigger government, but that's not socialism. They're not trying to control the means of production. <laughs> I mean, what she's trying to do is control the means of production. It's very clear. This is the textbook definition of socialism. Listen to this. Any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. That is exactly what this program is. It is the textbook number one Merriam-Webster definition of the word socialism. Yeah. And she, this is her big proposal as we enter the campaign. Now, she knows it's not going to get done right now. Um, it's not going to get done in the next couple of years. This is a table setter for her, her campaign. She's going to say, hey, we need your drugs to be cheaper. As the industry groups uh, pointed out, about 90% of our drugs are fulfilled by generic drugs uh, at about 26% of the total value. So, so what you're saying is it's a big problem right now. A real problem market. <laughs> if only all of our markets uh, worked as well as generic drugs. And of course, you know, it's a nice market to be in because someone else came up with all the stuff and you just keep making them. I mean, it's a very weird thing. If like, if, like a company comes up with their own... 
uh, invention. And it's like you kind of think that maybe they should I, be the one making money off of it, but that's kind of a different story I for read a different day. Wait, real, wait, really quickly. I want to I want to read the the statement that we talked about in radio. Yeah. Okay, so thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, in her statement, she said. In market after market, competition is dying as a handful of giant companies spend millions to rig the rules, insulate themselves from accountability, and line their pockets at the expense of American families. If that's not the description of big government, oh my God. I don't know what is. That's exactly the description of big government. And she's like, well, but the companies are doing that, so we as big government have to come in to save the day. That's what I love. That's exactly what I'm glad you read that, because that's exactly what I was talking about. It cracked me up. Like She was like, competition is suffering, so I'm just going to get rid of all competition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not going to make it better. It's like, I what? I know. I mean, I the government's going to take it over. And we've seen that. They've tried to do that with certain things like certain vaccines and stuff that yeah. government has tried to deal and it's been, they've been complete disasters. I did a, uh, a monologue for Wonderful World of Stew, like season six or seven-ish, um, about uh, the, the way the government deals with these big drug companies. And, and it's, it's another one of these things that this anti-capitalist motif has, has, has brought us into this world of criticizing these people. These corporations are making life-saving drugs, okay? That doesn't mean every one of them is perfect. doesn't mean every you can defend every position they've made. But they've saved millions of lives, unquestionably. Yeah. Um, and what is, think of their business structure for a second. It's only about one out of every 1,000 things they try turns into anything. So they're, they're experimenting on this mass scale, spending millions of dollars and getting no results out of it. The one out of every thousand things they try then goes to, uh, to all sorts of trials when it comes to you know, testing on people to see if it works. Most of those fail. Once they get past that, they have to go to the government to get it approved, which is a multi-year process in which they make no money and have to spend fortunes on lawyers. If it finally gets approved, they get to bring it to market. And then just after they have it for market for a few years, they can, anyone can generically approve, uh, produce it. Yeah. So they lose out on all the profit. Like, yes, every once in a while they hit something big. The little blue pill comes out. <laughs> They've got, every once in a while they hit the big. And when they hit big, they're really big. They are profitable businesses. But let's not take all of our anger out about how mad we are at traffic or whatever else is pissing us off in our lives. Let's not take it out on the people making Granny's cancer better. Let's kind of find maybe a different enemy. Can we find somebody else other than the people making the medications that make us feel better? Can we do that? Well, I will say really quickly, you brought up uh, vaccines. There was a, I believe it was 1986, the government passed a law um, making the pharmaceutical manufacturers basically immune from any kind of prosecution if any of their vaccines uh, damaged any of the children. So... Big government, you know, Elizabeth Warren is sitting here saying, well, the pharmaceutical companies, they have all this power. We, right. you know, we need to help that. And big government is one of the main problems and reasons why Big Pharma has all of that power. And they have this incestuous relationship where there are people who are high-level executives at pharmaceutical mm -hmm. companies. And then all of a sudden, they're overseeing, you know, some place at the, the FDA or one of those places. I mean, it's government is the one who created the problems within big pharma. And there are, look, it's not a perfect industry. No industry is. I mean, they do have their issues. Um, you know, I, you know, I tend to look, prefer the free market and, and let these, you know, let them, you know, people are like, oh, they're charging too much for this medication. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, like we have to figure out ways to, to right. figure that out. But like, you know, the, the, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the stuff gets overblown. I will say that there is a, you know, in the one, the, the issue I was talking about with, with, I think it was, it, it was a vaccine or it was something like that. I can't remember exactly, but, they, the government decided they were going to, because to control the costs of them, because they felt they were important, they came in and they, they did price controls, they did certain stockpiles for, um, uh, for, uh, for these vaccines, 
And what happened was the, the companies were like, well, this is just no longer worth us producing. So now there was huge shortages of the stuff they said was so important. These people have no idea how to solve any problem. And, and, and I don't know that anybody does. You know, I'm certainly, and I think you guys are as well, I'm not of the, I'm not the, of the uh, I don't fool myself into believing there's some magical person who's smart enough to solve all these problems. It's not that I think that everybody in government is dumb. A lot of them are really smart. You know, you, you watch that documentary we were talking about about 2008. Hank Paulson is no idiot. He's a very smart man, very smart man. But these guys trying to control these things, it's the philosophy, that's why the philosophy of this country um, w- dealt so clearly with human fallibility, right? Like the founding fathers didn't give themselves all the power because they were the smartest guys around. They said even the smartest guys in the round, uh, around can't handle something like this. You can't centrally control it. And that's why they distributed the power to so many different places and why our country has done so well for so long. My biggest beef with people like Elizabeth Warren talking about how awful anything from like pharmaceutical prices are or rising premiums and all that stuff is they completely leave their culpability out of it for passing this stupid dumpster fire of the ACA. Well, the, they, they compl- the pharmaceutical stuff they didn't even address no, in, in the ACA. Yeah, no, no. They didn't, that was one of the main problems in the health insurance slash health care industry, and it was not addressed at all by Obamacare. Yeah, I, but it just—it really, really irritates me how it's always like it's never the fault of when you started manipulating with you know once once you started doing all this stuff that's when like let's say premiums rise. I kind of got off tangent there with the premiums, but it just reminds me so much of that. I it just, it, they they never accept responsibility. It's always because they need to go. They need more intervention. Step further. They, they, they need to go a one 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 step further. And by by the way, those all these new like cool like medications. I ain't going anywhere near those suckers. Mm-mm. I just don't take any. Hey, I love some of the, some of those like if you watch these commercials, they're like, yeah, this will this will totally take your cancer away. Oh, but your nose will turn inside out and your left leg will fall off. I can't wait. <laughs> well, how do I, I can't choose? Wait for Stu to grow like a, a third arm. I'm all of chemicals. the stuff. I'm 100 percent chemical. I'm pro chemical, uh, as I've, I've stated many times. But it's like you know, not only has the uh, the Republican Party completely abandoned the free market when it comes to this stuff, they're now all advocating uh, for pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. all these things that were the big yeah. fights in the Obamacare period, they're pissed off at the judge in Fort Worth who just overturned all of Obamacare, the yeah. federal judge, because they don't want to deal with it anymore. They no longer want to be responsible for it going away because, as everybody predicted, once the money starts flowing, it can't go away. Um, you know, the Republicans just ran an entire campaign no longer saying that they were going to get rid of Obamacare, and they got slaughtered. I don't know if anybody noticed that in the, in the election. And, you know, when you talk about these things, when these pre-existing bills, pe- people, of course, everyone wants pre-existing conditions right. to be co- uh, considered. But Cato just did a poll and it showed, work with r- first of all, it doesn't work. It's not insurance at that point. Right, exactly. But secondarily, when you just add one line, uh, do you c- support uh, pre-existing conditions? You know, yes, 60%. What if it costs you $200 a year? Oh, 48%. What if it costs you $500 a year? Uh, 39%. What if it costs you $1,200 a year? Uh, 22%. It, it, when you associate what the cost is, people don't like these programs, and yet no Republican had the balls to stand up and say, make the cost-benefit case. They just said, oh, well, people, I, we, you know, it's, it feels because good they, to say yes. Because they were too scared to go up against the Democrats who consistently say, well, they want 17 million people uh, that are going to get kicked off of insurance. They're going to die in the streets. They're not even trying they, on any yeah. of these no, issues. They don't even try. They're not even try. They, they, they kind of state what they want, and the moment they get pushed back, they just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We're tired of you guys. Yeah. All right? Just, just <laughs> you so you know. Washington? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, yesterday's poll question, should Amazon be required to provide time off 
unpaid or unpaid for Muslim workers to participate in prayer rituals if it affects their production rates. Hmm. 91% of you said no. They should not be required to provide time for these Muslim workers. 6% of you said yes. 3% of you are unsure. Uh, today's poll question, are you surprised that President Trump backed away from a government shutdown to fund the border wall? Are you surprised? Let us know at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. It's all negotiation, Sarah. It's all negotiation. Is it? Yes, all, it's all part of the big negotiation. It's all part of the chest. big negotiation. You just wait. He's going to come out with something, something and you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> that was part of the plan. <laughs> you know who was really turned on him at this point over this stuff is Ann Coulter. We just were talking about this oh morning. We were. Yeah. She, yeah. she can't stand this guy now. Yeah. No, she can't, but... She'll still vote for him over a Democrat in 2020. Yeah, well, I mean. That's what I was saying, well, that's no, what I was saying to Jason. Is most, like, and most Republicans will. It, right, exactly. So I don't think he's, I don't, I think the optics are bad right now, but I don't think he loses anything in the long run. Only if the economy dies. Yeah. That, that's the, his danger period is, is the, I mean, obviously something crazy could come out of one of these investigations, but I don't expect that to happen. I expect that Trump is going to have just as good a can't chance as any moderately, you know, popular with his party, uh, you know, incumbent. Unless the economy dies, then he's in big trouble. Can I just say that 3D chess thing <laughs> so annoys me? So, okay. It's like every time something bad, like he literally could get mauled by a bear mm-hmm. and can get ripped into like 12,000 pieces. Mm-hmm. And then people be like, oh, he's got that bear Strategy. right where he wants him. <laughs> right where he wants him. <laughs> right where he wants him. He doesn't know what's about to hit him. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> and of course, they would be like, you know what? The, what the, why did he let that bear touch him? That's, that's his fault. He's the one that called it. The CNN would be on the air.